The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. I'm Emily Elizabeth, and I'm the host of the What Fulfills You podcast, a show for and about individuals always seeking to be their best selves. On this show, we talk all about building the mindset, finding the right careers, creating meaningful relationships, and so much more. Welcome to the What Fulfills You podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the What Fulfills You podcast. My name is Emily Elizabeth, and I'm your host for today's episode. I am doing a end-of-the-year Q&A episode, and this is actually going to be part one because I had quite a few questions submitted. And in this part one, it is focused around relationships and of all sorts by the way not just romantic ones but relationships as a whole and then of course uh, dating and just my take on certain things and it's interesting because I actually had uh, specific listeners um, who have been avid listeners of the show submit questions for this end of the year Q&A and some of their questions interestingly overlapped and I found that kind of interesting you know just to see that a lot of you guys who have been listening to the podcast for a while, you share some of the same curiosities and questions, at least for me, around relationships and my approach to meeting people in person and all of that good stuff. So I'm very excited for you guys to hear this Q&A. This one was very laid back. I recorded this uh, primarily, actually, believe it or not, from my bed. I was just laying down and speaking into my phone and, of course, uh, did some edits on it. And I ended up also recording part of it in an empty coffee shop. Um, <laughs> it was, long story short, it's empty because it was, like, closed down, but um, I was able to work from there just because it was at a client's uh, hotel. So uh, hopefully I was able to edit some of the background noise out, but I really wanted to make this Q&A episode uh, casual, fun and very relaxed and I answered all the questions on the spot. I did not have pre-planned answers and so I hope you find this valuable and with that being said, let's get into it. All right guys, so I am recording this right now on my phone through the voice memo app and I wanted to try to really create a warm cozy ambiance in this recording as a fun fact, I am recording this just sitting on my bed. It is a raining Sunday night here in New York. I'm staring at my Christmas tree. I have candles lit everywhere. It is super cozy in my cute studio apartment. Um, for those of you who wish you could have a visual of what my home looks like and the ambiance, you can uh, follow me on Instagram at Emily E. Duong, and I often post photos and reels of my apartment home and just interior design and cultivating a well-crafted space is my top priority because for me it's always impacted how I feel and my energy overall and just interiors and well-designed places is just one of my things and so um, I wanted to kind of create that energy uh, for this personal Q&A just because I normally would sit down with a microphone and be on my computer and all of that. But today I wanted to make it a little bit more cozy and personal. Um, in a perfect world, I feel like this would be more fun, like answering this, like in a personal, intimate setting with you guys. Um, but obviously that is not possible. So with that being said, I'm going to dive into part one of this Q&A and part one is focused on relationships and relationship-oriented questions. And as I said in the intro, these questions were submitted by a few different listeners. And interestingly, some of the questions overlap. And so I decided I would separate 
a part for all relationship-oriented questions, and then um, we will do a part two for the next episode. Okay, so first question here, and I'm not reading it in any specific order. I just honestly took the questions from the DMs, pasted it on a Google Doc, and I'm going to read it from there and answer it on the spot as well. So what are the common values in all of your relationships? I really love this question because I feel like the person who asked this has paid attention to what I've shared over the years, which is that I am constantly looking for people who I bring into my life to share similar values as me. The number one value that comes to mind is integrity. This has been uh, my North Star, if you will, probably since I was 20. And if you've been listening for a while, you know that I constantly reference this chapter of my life when I was 20 years old as a very big growth period. And I hate being redundant about it, but I also feel like it is the only way I can be open and candid about why I believe and think and say certain things. And it really stems back to the journey that started from there. And you know, um, I think when I was younger, I wasn't as developed, obviously, and I didn't know or understand the importance of integrity and honesty. Um, and not that I wasn't an honest person, I just think that it, it, it becomes more than that. It, it's just doing things I would put it this way, almost like doing things right, even when no one is looking, right? Like that's probably the best way I could describe it. But that's a common value is like the people that are very close to me in life also share this value as well. And it's something I've observed, you know, when I even when I first meet people, it's something that I observe in the way they act and how and what they talk about, how they speak. Uh, to others and about themselves. Um, so I think it's pretty easy to tell when someone acts with integrity. And mind you, I'm not always perfect. Um, so I think you you kind of have to gauge, okay, does this person embody this value 95% of the time, you know? Um, so I would say that's integrity is number one. The second common value I would say is growth-oriented I never realized how, (sighs) not to say that, um, I don't know, that it's rare to meet growth-oriented people, but I have an interesting social circle of a life where I have some people in life, in my world, where they either stem from years back from like middle school or high school or you know, through those years. And, you know, as we've gotten older, we kind of have gone different paths, right? And part of it is because, um, you know, for myself, and I would attribute this to my first relationship as well, which is the fact that I just kept growing and I kept moving the needle forward and my partner didn't. And because of that, we had different visions for our life. We had different desires for our individual lives. And so same thing, I think, um, with my relationships, and, and I'm really focused on the ones that are like my core relationships, right? All of them have growth focused of some sorts um, as their top priority and top value as well. And I've noticed the difference when I'm around a person or a group of people that don't value or don't share the value of being growth-oriented. And the small things that I think growth-oriented people do, um, simple things in case you're like, okay, how can I look out for this? I think one thing is seeing what types of books a person reads. <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's usually a pretty big clue. Um, also, just considering what a person does for themselves when no one is looking in order to keep improving themselves, right? So does this person have a frequent workout uh, routine of some sort? 
Do they have a specific wellness routine of some sort? And it, it's something that they do for themselves, right? Like they invest in themselves in order to keep themselves like growing in a positive forward direction. And I've, I've noticed the difference night and day when someone doesn't have that, even something as small as someone that doesn't, uh, you know, have the desire or discipline or is a little bit lazy, to be honest, when it like, I play tennis, right? And oftentimes, I want to play early in the morning, because especially here in New York City, the commute to the courts that I play at is like 45 minutes by like subway and train. And so um, I leave early, I'll usually leave around like 6.30 and I'll hit tennis starting around 7.30. And I'll probably usually play from like 7.30 to 9, right? And then I have to commute back into the city. And I hate when, you know, I have players that are like trying to play at, start start playing at 9 a.m., right? And some of them, you know, it's because they're, they work remotely or they work like later hours. And so they don't have to start as early, which is totally fine. But it's like, I like... I don't know. I, I, I feel like just being a former athlete, it's it's so ingrained in me to do the thing even if I don't feel like it. And of course, I think there's limits. I had a friend that used to ask me to play tennis in the summer at 6 a.m. And I'm like, okay, that's a little much, you know. Um, you know, maybe the earliest 6.30, that's still crazy. But I would say on average, the earliest I would ever play is 7, you know. And 7.30 is like an ideal start Um, but I think just small things like that, when people get a little bit, um, lazy on pushing or challenging themselves a bit, I think that's a sign of lack of desire for growth to a degree. Um, again, not saying it covers everything, but usually people who are growth oriented are often looking for ways to challenge and build themselves too. So, uh, something to keep in mind. All right, second question. She said, I also really enjoyed your more recent episode on people and things in alignment with you. How did you decide that they were no longer in alignment? If it was people, did you keep them in your life to some capacity? All right, this is a great question. I want to preface that this one definitely ranges on a spectrum, but I would say most of the time I try to do a solid elimination of someone in my life and I want to also add to it's not in a harsh manner it never is out of spite or because I you know think anything of someone but here's the thing right the reality about our lives especially as we grow and we get older and we have more on our plate is that we do not have infinite amount of time think of it like a pie right? Like a pie. You look at the pie and that's like all the energy you have. You have a hundred percent. You can only split your energy in so many different portions, if that makes sense. And so that is partially why, if not the main reason why, I usually don't keep people that are not in alignment or things that are not in alignment with me, not even to like a five percent level. Just because um, in the end, it, it often is draining me instead of adding to my collective energy. And that energy I have is also given off to other people, right? So it very much is a domino effect. I can think of um, one person top of mind right now who used to be a good friend of mine, actually. And, you know, what happened, I don't know if I ended up ever sharing this on the podcast in this in this 2023 year but it was a friend that um I didn't know at the time definitely we shared different values first off but it was a very weird circumstance where I ended up introducing this girl to someone that I thought she would hit it off with um although I think the caveat is like I had gone on a one date with this person and you know i didn't think that there was going to be anything there but I knew that she could potentially have interest in this person and so I decided to introduce them and you know many many months later I they, they eventually like went on their first date or whatever and I was happy and for them and just thought it was like super cool 
Um, and it was odd to me, something that I never really un- quite understood, but um, we ended up just not being friends anymore. Uh, very slow, but surely uh, ever since I introduced her to this guy. And, you know, I remember I was so puzzled by it because it led to a point where she had, like, removed me as a follower on social media and had also unfollowed me. And, um, you know, I point that out in particular because it was such a clear signal of misalignment. And especially because when I talked about this with a select few people, it dawned on me that the people that I look up to and cherish in my life, they would never operate this way, right? Like, it it would never get to that point where, you know, there's some social media. And mind you, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't unfollow people that you don't feel like is necessary to keep tabs on anymore, right? That is all fair. But I think it is more odd when... A, there was no actual falling out and B, like the person wasn't just like, uh, you know, random. It's like someone that you have mutual friends with and you're also once like really close with. So I think the way it was handled was such a signal to me. I mean, A, I was bummed by it at first because I was so, you know, puzzled, right? Because I would never handle something like that in that manner. Um, And I know that the people that I value in my life wouldn't either. In fact, we would just, (laughs) we would communicate we would talk about it, uh, someone would bring something up, and we would have a mature conversation. And that made me conclude and recognize, like, hey, you know what? <laughs> this person was never aligned with me in the first place. And and interestingly enough, um, a I guess not a mutual friend, but like a <laughs> just someone that also knew uh, knew of her, but like very much like an acquaintance type of person, um, she had also shared uh later down the road that she knew that this person didn't share aligned values and perspectives as me and so she didn't want to ever share that with me to diminish the potential of their friendship but um because of that occurring she was then able to share that as like an observation that she saw in this person um prior to me ever meeting this person and so it was interesting to kind of I guess get a glimpse of, um, you know, a second opinion that already thought that as well. Um, But I also respect that this person didn't share that initially with me because sometimes it's hard, right? Like you don't want to make someone look bad by any means. And I think the truth is my learning curve uh, for like the second or third time in my life here is that in the end, people's true colors always show so like 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 let that play out by itself right um and so that's how i decided to answer the question that's how i decided that they were no longer in alignment with me um you know just i just know like i like i always ask this right the most basic fundamental rule we learn this from a young age you treat people the way you want to be treated right this is why i have shared on the podcast i don't ghost people I respectfully and politely tell people, you know, and, you know, I communicate, hey, like, if I don't see it going towards anything or if I don't want to go on a second date, I'm respectful, right? Like, I treat people how I would want to be treated. And that's also, like, the words I use. I communicate in a respectful, kind way. Um, Same thing with friends. Like, I think about how I treat my friends and how um, I've often approached friendships in the way of how would I want someone to treat me in this scenario, right? And so in reverse, I would think, okay, if I was in this person's shoes, what would I, uh, what would I have done, right? And I, I know deep down, like if I ever have any kind of, I don't know, thing going on with someone where there's like some weird tension, I would just bite the bullet and fucking communicate you know, um, and, and that's how relationship deepened too, you know, interestingly, is like, it is through the tough times and through the conflicts that actually bond you closer to people, especially when you overcome them 
uh, over time, right? So I can't really recall uh, keeping anyone uh, in my life that that's not misaligned. I'm sorry, that is a lot. That is yeah, that is misaligned or not aligned with me. Just because um, in the end, like when you don't when you don't align with me, I just won't have time to connect with you. And um, it it just ends up like speaking for itself, you know, like the energy of me and someone else who's not aligned, like it it just would never make sense for us to connect or spend time together. So that's definitely my answer. Okay, the next question is one that I combined into one. So two people actually asked this question very interestingly. Do you believe in the saying of the right person comes along when you're not looking? And then the extension of that question is, how do you know when a relationship is worth pursuing? Any tips for starting a convo with someone or suggestions for meeting in a more traditional way versus dating apps? Okay. Do I believe in the saying of the right person comes along when you're not looking? Well, you know, (laughs) I don't know if that's like the only, I wouldn't say like, I believe that's the only way it happens, but full transparency, all three relationships I've ever been in, including my current one, um, they occurred when I was not looking. I, they occurred when, very serendipitously, I met all three organically in person. Uh, my first boyfriend I met at a fraternity party, but I believe, yeah, 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 I remember. I, I remember I had saw, I saw him. I, I remember thought he was cute, and I asked my sorority sister. I was like, hey, who is he? Blah blah blah. So yeah, so I remember I, I met him there, and then uh, I met my second boyfriend. New Year's Eve and it was through a mutual friend and we just kind of clicked immediately definitely was not looking it was like four months in of living in New York and I was just having the time of my life you know so um you know but that's the thing right when I met this person I also knew like wow I really like this person I don't really care to keep up with my New York dating life like I I just want to be with this person so um yeah I, I felt that and yeah, my last one, met through a mutual friend as well, definitely was not looking at the time I had met him, um, and he certainly wasn't either, but, uh, you know, now we're here, now we're in a relationship, and it's it's been a great, great, great process um, overall. In general, I'll put it this way, I think our energy comes across differently when we are more focused on ourselves and we're more focused on actually living our life naturally the way we would than the energy that often it comes across when you're looking, right? So when you go to a bar or when you're going out and you're on the prowl for like meeting a guy that night, something about it creates friction and actual resistance to getting that. And, you know, I think... I know I, I I think that's like for me I've never I genuinely I, I can't I can't even think of the time I've never been the type of person to go on an app or go out intentionally looking for or hoping to meet a guy that night I think I have this weird or I don't know if it's weird or not but like I've always just thought like hey there's an abundance of people I'll always meet so, you know, if it doesn't happen tonight, like, you know, there will be other times, you know. Um, and so I think that energy as a result essentially often comes out more appealing. Like I'm giving off a more attractive energy than one where if I'm like really excited to go to a certain, I don't know, restaurant or bar and like I'm like excited because I'm like, oh, I hope I meet a cute guy tonight, you know. Um, and then also that just often leads to disappointment because it's like, damn, I was hoping I'd meet someone. It's like, to me, I'm going to have fun regardless. And so I'm just going to do me. And I think, um, you'll, you'll often run into situations and scenarios that will surprise you because, um, it, it happens in a more natural form than the looking form, you know, but I, I'm sure there are people out there that like, were you know met their partner and they were intentionally looking but I've heard a lot of stories on the flip side where it's just like it happened you know and I don't think when I say it happened it it means like it happened 
randomly and serendipitously and all that but I do think there is a charm to the energy when you are living life with intention and the way you would naturally want to live it like for me moving from LA to New York was much more aligned with me I made that choice on my own I was like hey I'm gonna go do this and that put me in a city and an environment to meet people that are going to be a better fit for me than the guys that I would be meeting in LA, if that makes sense. Okay, so the other part is how do I know, how do you know when a relationship is worth pursuing? <sighs> Fuck, honestly, <laughs> to me it goes with the saying like, you know when you know. Um, I've always been really good at being certain about whether this is going to be relationship material or not. And I believe the reason why I've been good at that is because I'm decisive, okay? So something that I don't do or I don't like to do is I don't go on a second or third date if it's not necessary. Like if I am a little like, yeah, yeah, it's like one of those answers like, yeah, it was good. Like I'm going to go see like on the second or third date. If I'm giving that answer, especially after a second date, that's a fuck no, okay? And look, I've dated enough to know that you know after a first date whether there's some chemistry there, if there's like common interests, like something to actually work with. Whereas I've been on also like plenty of dates where none of that is there, right? Maybe there's chemistry, but lack of, I don't know common interests or whatever that for me like I'm just I have I don't have a lot of time and energy um so in those cases I I genuinely just say no to the second date and when it comes to knowing when a relationship is worth pursuing though like actually like going for the real thing I give it maximum three months just because (laughs) It's crazy because I've heard stories of girls that will actually still hang around and I don't know, like hope that a guy makes it an official relationship and it'll be like six months in and look, everyone works on their own timelines, okay? So I don't want to act like there's only one way to do this or like, oh, my way's the best way. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that I've had enough dating experience to know that A, Especially if I'm if I have had enough time in three months to see the person. So let's say like, you know, at least once or twice a week, right? Over a period of three months. After that, I definitely will know if I want to keep that going and want to make it a more formal official relationship. I personally just can't imagine myself sticking around with someone for more than three to four months and it not being a legit relationship because number one I'm then communicating to the guy subconsciously like hey you can get all the benefits of me without calling an official that's number one and it's not about the titles it's just about self-respect right because I would want the person to be on the same page and on top of that if if the titles don't matter then what's the difference with just acknowledging hey we are in a committed relationship you know because then that draws boundaries you're a- you're able to enable boundaries with hey because we are in a committed relationship these are boundaries that like change when you go from single to relationship right i think that's important but i think secondly um having just some self respect to know that you you're, like listening right now you deserve someone to know that they want to be with you and that they want to pursue you, okay? And so that's why I wouldn't let it go past three to four months because, it, trust me, I've, t- I've had this conversation with guys too. It doesn't take them that long to know if they want to date you, okay? And and if they say that they're still figuring it out and you're on month five, uh, I don't know if I would really believe that because that's often... Um, you know, just that saying, like, it, it's, it just often comes from a place of insecurity or often they might think that you won't draw that boundary with them, like you won't walk away. And so I think it's important to have that discussion and conversation with yourself, like knowing how you would handle situations like this where, um, 
you got to put up a boundary and, and a self-respect level of knowing, hey, I deserve someone who really wants to be with me and wants to be in a committed relationship with me. And if that's not you, that's okay. I understand, you know, but I'm going to go and step back from this because I deserve that, right? So yeah, that's that's my spiel on how do you know when a relationship is worth pursuing. You You just know for sure. Okay, and then the third question from that whole... I guess, thread, if you will, is any tips for starting a convo with someone or suggestions for meeting in a more traditional way? First off, I'm going to preface, I prefer traditional at all times. I love starting conversations with random people that I meet. Um, I've had conversations on the plane. I've had conversations out at bars when I was single like I, I've, I've been through it all and I think here here's here's a few things I would say number one I prefer for a man to pursue me and to initiate the pursuit of taking me on a first date and a second date and courting me okay that's personal preference not everyone has that by the way that being said though I don't believe that the man always needs to come to me first when it comes to initiating the first conversation, okay? Men are humans. They're also scared. They have been rejected more times, most of the time, than we have as women, okay? Because they're always the ones pursuing. So what I like to do, if I was single and I was out and about, Let's say I'm in a lounge or a restaurant even, okay? Because this has happened at a restaurant. If I see a cute guy, <laughs> I simply would first off, I would start with probably like making eyes and seeing if we could make eye contact. And if we do, and if he reciprocates, whatever, that's awesome. That's a, that's a positive start, okay? But even if he doesn't, I probably would still, like let's say I'd walk by the, at a restaurant, I'd probably go to the bathroom to intentionally walk by their table and then on the way back I would probably say something and when I walk by their table I would probably of course make eye contact okay you want to drop some hints warm it up and yeah on the way back I would swing by say hello I'd probably ask something very basic like you know, hey, just been noticing you guys over or noticing you from over there. Like, do you live here in the city? Like, that's what I always start out with when I'm in New York. I've always asked the question of like, do they live in the city? Are they based here? Because you just never know with New York, right? And that usually can lead to a lot of secondary questions just off of their answer alone. Um, I know everyone who's listening might be like, this is so scary. I would not go up to a guy if it doesn't make you want to piss your pants, then it's too easy, okay? Like, of course, for me, I'm comfortable with it now, but are you kidding me? The first, second, third, fourth time I've ever been forward with a guy, it, it was not that easy, okay? But that's the thing is, like, I'm huge on doing things that make you want to fucking pee your pants. That's the point. Because once you do it, you realize it's not as bad, okay? And then you'll do it again the next time, and then you'll do it again, and you'll do it again, Okay? But for me, personally, I just want to add as a caveat, just because I initiate that conversation, I still draw the boundary of, hey, you know, like internally, it's like, hey, I've opened the door for you in the sense of like, now you're welcome to come talk to me. You're welcome to ask me out. You're welcome to ask for my number. So I've given that guy the hint, okay? And if he hasn't taken that or he doesn't, you know, reciprocate for whatever reason, I'm like, okay, no worries. No big deal. Like, you know, that's shrug my shoulders and that's their loss, okay? But that's that's my personal recommendation is don't always wait for people to approach you. Also, because I can think of a time where a while back, uh, I remember ever since then, I told myself I would never hesitate. I remember I saw this cute guy and we made so much eye contact, but he was in a business meeting. So um, he couldn't come to me, but I remember looking back, I wish that I had gone up to him, introduced myself, and tried to swap numbers, but this was, yeah, like two, three years ago, and, um, you know, 
Times have changed, but all that to say, look, between the regrets, I'm going to regret not going up to the person more than I'm going to regret doing it because to me, the alternative would have been like, they don't think I'm that cute or they're not interested and whatever. It's like, okay, cool. Like moving on, right? At least I know. And it's not that scary, you guys. You got to remember, not every guy is going to like be interested in talking to you and and vice versa, right? But it's not personal. It's just sometimes like it is what it is. We are not made for everyone. We don't think every single guy in the world is cute, right? Like we just have different tastes. Remember that. And that's not and that's just okay. So don't take it personally. But yeah, I I just would say back to the main thing is ask them so have a go-to question that you ask people, okay? Like I said for me, I always ask people if they're based in New York or where they're from. Like, you know, for example, if someone, I always ask someone where they're from, especially if I hear a foreign accent, I literally go, where are you from? And they'll tell me. And interestingly, something that's been cool is I can recognize when someone's from Colombia because of their accent. And so not too long ago, I asked my waitress, I was like, where are you from, by the way? And she said, Colombia. And I was like, it was so fun because I got into the conversation with her and I was like, oh, so cool. Like, I basically lived there part time because of my boyfriend, right? And... She was like, no way. And I told her, like, I've been to Medellin, I've been to Bogota. So um, she was just fascinated because, you know, like, you're, she's, especially for me, right? I'm an Asian American. And yeah, like, when you go to Colombia, you'll notice you don't really see Asian Americans or Asians that often in Colombia, right? So she was just like, no way. Like, that's so cool. Like, you've been there and that you can speak the language a little bit. Like, that brought us closer just on like a random connection and that definitely can occur too if you know you're you're eyeing a guy and you just want to know his story okay so uh if you're listening and you're single and you really want to put yourself out there just please put yourself out there okay flirt a little and and look them in the eye and show that you're interested because you can't always wait for them to come to you right but that being said, just draw the boundary, right? Open, warm up that door, open that for them, let them come in. And if they don't, bye, right? That's, that's, that's all you gotta do. Have that talk with yourself. And I think lastly, just my, my final tip on like meeting more traditionally, you gotta put yourself out there in the sense of like actually going out physically too, okay? So it doesn't mean you have to go out to clubs or anything, but if you're out at a restaurant or like something casual even, like always just be be open to potentially meeting someone if you're single right like you just you just never know and so that being said always look your fucking best okay my biggest rule is i would rather be overdressed than underdressed period because you never know you might meet your future husband and he's gonna remember what you were wearing um so yeah definitely just be willing to receive that energy if someone comes up to you they think you're cute they want to talk to you receive it be warm figure like you know let them have that conversation with you vice versa you see someone you think is cute you want them to come up to you find a way to warm it up for them because men and women but men especially when it comes to heterosexual relationships men are not mind readers so you gotta show them somehow okay okay so gonna finish off with a few more questions uh, this was submitted from a separate person but also related to relationships and i just think in both romantic and friends the first one was around how to not feel like you are falling behind when all of your friends are getting into relationships slash have very active dating lives I think the best thing that I can highlight on this is ensuring that you fill your own cup always, right? Something that I certainly did in the past when I was much younger, 19, 20 years old, um, I definitely put a lot of my energy in the relationship that I was in. Now, it's not to say that I shouldn't have prioritized it the way I did, but rather that what I ended up doing was I didn't create space to fill up other cups in my life or areas in my life, such as friendships or moving the needle forward for myself. That was a big one, right? I was so uh, heavily in this relationship emotionally and mentally and energetically. So 
when we had our first breakup, I didn't really know who Emily was anymore. I didn't know what my hobbies were. I didn't really call what I did for like the things I was passionate about. I just didn't have things that Emily did on her own for herself anymore. And I would say this very much applies with um, how to not feel like you're falling behind when things change in life, when it's like a few years out of college and suddenly friends maybe start getting into relationships or they start getting more serious and you know, um, they start to create less time for the girls. And, and I wanna preface, um, maybe you are a listener right now and you are in a relationship um, and this is like, you're, you're not on the side of, you know, feeling like you're falling behind. I think something that it's, it's so important to be mindful about whether you are in a relationship or not, to ensure that you fill different areas of your life. And this actually ties into another question that this person asked, which was about attachment, how to not get attached as easily. And one of the best ways to healthily have, I guess like a good level of attachment is once again, ensuring that you still focus on yourself, that you prioritize whatever it is that's important to you. That includes your your wellness, your health, your career goals, your, I don't know, your personal goals, your hobbies, like whatever, like ensuring that you create time for that as well because um, I think that very much correlates in the sense where when you don't fill your own cup and then one day the external things in life, such as your friends and a partner, maybe that all kind of slips away if you haven't filled your own cup, you're going to be left pretty empty and feeling like what I felt when I was 20, which is lost emotionally and mentally lonely. And you will very much feel this like crash and burn feeling because you suddenly go, oh my God, like that internal locus of control will feel a little bit, I guess you could say, disrupted, you know, because everything you relied on was so external and you didn't put enough into yourself as you should have. And so I think that is, um, to answer actually both questions, to not get attached so easily and to how to not feel like you're falling behind is to ensure that you are doing everything you can to fill your own cup. And that also involves you know, ensuring that you have different groups of friends, not just one group of friends or not just one or two specific friends, right? Allow yourself to meet new people and engage with different people because you never know along the way who you're gonna meet and who will actually be an important part of your life. And I don't know if I said this earlier, but if you are someone that's in a relationship, make sure you also still create time for your friends, especially if you're a girl listening. Girl time is not the same as time that you spend with a partner, right? And especially when you're in your 20s, I think, um, especially you know if you get too excited being in a relationship and you forget all about your friends let's say that relationship doesn't work out or even if it does right at some point someone recognizes the lack of individuality in the relationship because the relationship has become too enmeshed right and that creates an unhealthy attachment because then it becomes codependency because you haven't learned how to do things without your partner, right? You only did it with your partner, you never did it with your girlfriends. And so that's something I'm really appreciative about my current relationship, which is that I have always encouraged him to hang out with his bros, hang out with his business friends, like whoever he needs to spend time with, especially when I'm not in Medellin, which is where he's currently based. And uh, for me, same as well, right? Like when I'm back in New York, I'm prioritizing you know, my own focus time, I'm prioritizing skating, tennis, um, meeting up with the girlfriends that live here, because not all of my friends live here, right? But um, I, I ensure that I'm really thoughtful with how I spend my time. And I, I think, interestingly enough, that that creates a healthy, what do you call it? Like, you know that saying where distance makes the heart grow fonder? Um, I think for us, usually we only have let's say like a week apart but that's the thing for us we often will have like maybe a week a week and a half apart but then we're together for like a week and a half or two weeks at a time right 
And so it's, it's a nice kind of balance, if you will, and it's also a unique way for us to, to uh, allocate our energy into different things when we know we're not going to be around each other for a good week or so. And um, I think for us, it's created a balance, um, especially in this first year of the relationship where people tend to have more honeymoon phases and, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's got its highs, right? And so I think overall, um, being, in the, being in a relationship myself, I'm very mindful to still create time with my girlfriends, regardless of what stage I'm at in a relationship. I encourage that with my partner as well. And I also definitely share that with girlfriends um, if I see that they're getting too codependent on a partner or that they're not making uh, mindful space for things um, for themselves or for their friends or family, whatever. Um, those are important just because it helps create a well-balanced lifestyle. The last question I have relating to relationships is the question of why do we keep coming across men who are way more immature or they lack or they are problematic? And I guess she was asking, why do we keep coming across these men even if we are actively working on ourselves? Okay, here's the thing, right? No matter how well you are working on yourself and how developed you are or whatever stage you are at in your personal development, you got to realize that you are bound to still come across these people. Sometimes, for example, I was definitely, I guess you could call it love bombed at one point by someone that in the end uh, had a lacking, if you will, and was, I think, emotionally mature, immature. And I was surprised because he was actually um, about 10 years older than me and he had his own company and had been doing it for quite a few years by that point. And so I was naive at the time, being 24. I thought that he was going to be emotionally mature. I thought he could have these conversations with me. He actually ended up ghosting me. And I shared this story way back on the podcast, but he ghosted me. And then, you know, because I had interest, I remember I actually followed up after he ghosted me. And that was for me, like my last straw. Like I was like, okay, I'm going to do this because I still think about him. But after this message, if I don't get any kind of, um, you know, response, then I'm not going to engage this with Perk with this person again. That's called having boundaries, right? And so, you know, eight months later, he hit me up. It was, you know, to me, I'm like, all right, man, you know, like, I, I would have hoped that at your age, at your stature, at the very least, that you would grow up a bit, but that wasn't the case. And so I share that because I, I was 24. I had certainly worked on myself for a few years, and I still ran across, ran into this guy. And I think where it becomes a problem, you guys, is when you yourself, you don't draw boundaries and limits to how deep you let a person like that into your life, right? So for example, if you are going on a date with a guy that is immature, problematic, whatever you want to describe him as, okay, and there's like evidence of this, like you see the signs and it's consistent, and you keep going out with him or you keep spending time with him, that is your fucking fault, okay? Now, that might make some people uncomfortable because I am saying that is your fault, but it is your fault. If you keep engaging with someone, such as a potential romantic partner, when you know that this person isn't it, or they have these different problems that like, they bring into your life and, and you're taking that in, you haven't drawn the boundaries to limit your interaction or let alone like sort of simply cut this person off, right? And so that is very much on you and I think that would be a question for you to ask yourself, why do you find it difficult to draw a line with when you walk away, right? And so again, I, I'm not trying to be harsh, but I will say that um, looking back at the way I handled that situation I just shared, I was lucky enough to know that, hey, you know what? 
I don't mind reaching out again. I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to feel embarrassed, right, by reaching out again because, yeah, after he had ghosted me, especially because I knew I was still thinking about this person. And I, I remember, you know, I asked myself, what's the worst case, right? Well, worst case scenario, he doesn't respond and I move on with my life, right? And so I did that. And that's the thing. I, I, I sent him a very simple, hey, how are you doing type of thing. And it was right after I moved to New York. And he read it. He had the red receipts on and he didn't respond. And so, of course, I was bummed. But I also had that conversation with myself like, hey, you know what? If he doesn't respond to this, do not engage with him again, period. And so that enabled me to energetically let him go and let that type of person go because I, I think just you teach people how you want to be treated and how they should treat you, right? So when, they, when, when he came back and tried to seep into my life again and he took quite a few attempts, I respectfully, even though he didn't really necessarily deserve it, but I respectfully was like, hey, you know what? You handled our situation very poorly a long time ago. Not my vibe. I wish you all the best. And I think that's just a practice, you guys, okay? So I'm not perfect. No one else is. And we all have our weak spots. But it's very much on you if you continue to engage with anyone that is immature or problematic. And then you complain about it and saying, oh, this person is this, this, and that. And, you know, you wish they were different. Well, sweetie, like, you, you can't change people, okay? People only genuinely change, and I'm talking, like, deeply, deeply change at their core when, A, they recognize that it's something they need to change about themselves, and, B, they implement the changes themselves. It's not someone else telling them that they should go change, right? So uh, keep that in mind. Um, but, you know, I think overall, of course, in the end, we attract what we are and the energy that we put out there. And I think uh, looking back on that situation, while I initially attracted him, I think I ended up repelling him because of my level of maturity um, at that time and like the way I spoke to him, the way I wanted uh, to have dialogue with a potential partner in, in which he couldn't keep up, right? And so his ghosting was my form of repelling him because he wasn't aligned. All right, so that was all for today's part one episode uh, Q&A version relating to relationships and my personal insights on this. I hope you found this valuable and fun. And thank you to those who submitted some questions. It was really cool to see that some of you guys had some overlapping questions and so it really shows me that there is some similar curiosity on that if you have any questions or want to dm me anything related to this episode please be sure to follow the instagram at what fulfills you and my personal instagram at emily e duong everything is linked in the show notes and by the way you can now watch the full guest episodes on youtube you can click the link in the show notes or you can just search what fulfills you podcast on youtube and you can subscribe to the channel and you will see all of the past guest episodes uploaded over time thanks again for tuning in i would chat with you all in the next one